Welcome to the Abundant Life Podcast. This is Pastor Derry. Proverbs 4 and 23 says that we should be diligently seeking after our hearts because out of our heart come the issues of life. In today's message, Pastor Edgar Banks ministers to the congregation of ALWC with message two of his series titled The Condition of the Heart with a message, Freedom, Power, and Prosperity. Listen in, take notes, and I'll talk with you at the end of the broadcast. You guys still with us? Amen? That was a good worship, wasn't it? Yes? Amen? I love worshiping the Lord. But we were struggling in our worship this morning. Amen? There was a little bit of struggle. But we finished up strong. But that struggle came from somewhere. So as I prepare and get ready, mm, just what spoke to me during praise and worship was that our Lord is a way maker promise keeper. Come on, saints. Miracle worker. Light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are, right? I'm going to just say it again. He's a way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. Amen? Everybody agree with that? That has to be in your heart, saints. Last week I spoke, I came before you. And the Lord had told me to preach on the heart. And this week, I had some difficulty in receiving what he was giving me in terms of what he wanted me to tell you. Because what he wanted me to tell you was so basic and so simple and so just, I had a feeling, I was like, your people already know this. The Lord said, my people need to be reminded. (laughs) I had a feeling like, well, Lord, I need some more some more complexity with your word. He said, no, I need the simplicity to get to their hearts, to get them where I'm trying to take them, to get them away from their circumstances, away from what you're dealing with so that you can see what he sees and you can worship where he brought you from. Amen. Amen. So that difficulty, I just had to surrender to his simplicity. Amen. Amen. When we talk about the word, as we reviewed last night, we're going to have to recap some things. We talked about meditation, about meditating on the word. And saying, why is it important to meditate on the word? Where is the word supposed to be going? To your heart, right? So when you meditate on the word, then that word is deposited into your heart. So no matter what your flesh, what you're going through, no matter the storms, trials, and tribulations that you're experiencing, what's coming out of your mouth is stored up in your heart. It's the word, the word, the word. Do you agree? Amen. That's why meditating on the word is so important. If you go to Jeremiah 17, 9 through 10, we're just recapping, reviewing a little bit, and We're going to review, well, why is the heart so important? Once you're there, say amen. Amen. So Jeremiah 17 says, verse 9 through 10, the heart is above all things and beyond cure. Who can handle it? I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the minds. Listen, saints. It says, I, the Lord, search the heart. So he's searching. He's looking at your heart. When he looks at you, he's not looking just at your behavior and your actions, but first he's examining your heart. And then he, he examines the heart and he also what? Look at your mind. 
to reward a man according to his conduct, according to his deeds, what his deeds deserve. And it's Proverbs 29 and 17. It says, as the water reflects the face, as the water reflects the face, so one's life reflects the heart. So when you're looking into the water, you see your reflection. You're looking at it. You know, I don't know about you, saints, but I can see every impurity, every little line that's out of place. It's like looking in the mirror. You can see every wrinkle, every little saliva that's dried up. Amen. Every cat stuff that's on the corner of your eye. You're looking at, at you, right? As you look at you, guess what? God is looking at your heart. And as he examining your heart, it's reflecting your life. Well, pastor, I've had some woes. I had some troubles, some trials and tribulations. He warned you that you will go through trials and tribulations. He warned you that as his son was rejected through the world, so will you. But the question I have for you, what are you putting in your life, in your heart? Because when the Lord looks at you, He's not going to be overwhelmed by this persona that you're putting in front of you, by this suit, this new skin that you got on you. But your heart is still wrinkled up and dry. It's full of hurt and sorrow and pain. Here we are walking around like new life. And all in all, all in the same thing, our heart is not renewed. Listen, saints, your new creation in Christ Jesus. It's the first start. But then the second, you have to surrender your heart. Your heart has to be renewed so that your mind could stay renewed. Amen? Amen. 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 Are you guys understanding that? What reflection do you want God to see when he looks at your heart? He says, my brother, my sister, my son and my daughter. I'm looking at your heart. What do you want him to see? You want him to see doom and gloom, agony and defeat? Do you want him to see misery and hurt? What do you want him to see? Because if you're pouring out into your heart, if you're surrendering to your circumstances, if you're believing what the enemy has said that you are not, if you're believing all that's coming down around you, then that's what God is seeing. You know, to bring it home, the Israelites. Remember I spoke on the Israelites. Now, don't worry. (laughs) I'm not going to try to pronounce all those names (laughs) that I stumbled over last week. Oh, I was stumbling. You saw my imperfections as a pastor. I'm not going to try to repeat that, but I want to bring home to you is that the Israelites was in the wilderness, so they got released out of bondage, walked through the Red Sea, and they saw the power of the Almighty Lord God that separated the Red Sea as they walked through, and they, got, they were brought into the wilderness. Their journey into the, into the wilderness is only a seven-day journey, but the journey turned into a 40-year journey. And why? Why do you saints think that their journey, a seven-day turned into a 40-year journey. Why is that? Because the Lord heard what was on their hearts. They saw, yes, my children is following me. 
Yes, they walk through the waters. Yes, they bear witness to what I've done. But I hear what's on your heart. And it's all troubles, trials, tribulations. It's all agony, defeat. It's all, what about me, Lord? It's all your problems that you're placing on your heart. And the Lord said, wait a minute. But what about what I brought you from? What about how you've seen me? What about my miracle signs and wonders that I've done for you? Wait, some of you should have been killed and hung like my son, but I saved you. I fed you in the wilderness. I gave you manna, a spiritual food that just appeared. I saved you. And all that is on your heart is just what you're going through, what you don't have. And some of them even told the Lord, you know what? I wish I was back with Pharaoh. I wish I was back in bondage. I wish I had that, those shackles on my wrists and chains. At least we were eating good. At least we were able to relax. At, at least we was able to have some of our needs met. Well, see, that's the deception of the devil. Amen. Well, well, come on, speak to me, saints. That's the deception of the devil. I don't mind you saying, well, uh, <laughs> listen, we got to go Baptist. Let's just do it. Well, that's the deception of the devil. He's trying to tell you what, what is that is not. You guys understand that? But all the things, all the while, what, was, what the Israelites were saying, God was looking at their hearts. Their hearts. Wait, I have to stay there. And then when Moses went up into the hills and mountains to receive a word for God, to receive the laws, what happened? Who did they start to worship? They built the gold, the calf of gold. They started worshiping an idol. If you look into the world today, who are they worshiping? If you look at, into the world today, you know, we live in a world that says you can do anything you want to do. Do what you like. Uh, uh, uh. Act how you like. Speak what you like. See who you like. Be involved. Be what? What you like. The world is saying, be anything you want but of God. Amen? So the world is telling you to be what you like. Do how, speak how you like. Act how you like. See whomever you like. Even if you're going back and forth, it's okay. Just be as you are. Well, the Lord these scriptures right here, saints, that's, it's not saying that. So the Lord had brought me today to talk to you, to do a part two about the condition of the heart. And he told me to tell you that there's an order of the heart that it has to be in. So my sermon today is, is part two of the heart, but it's also the heart is freedom, power, and prosperity. And it's in that order. Freedom, power, and prosperity. Amen? Amen? All right, so I had to go ahead and recap some of that. If you want the rest of the message, you're going to have to go online to our, to our website. You're going to have to go ahead and pull it up and hear the rest of it. But I wanted to at least get you there. Let you understand where your moaning and complaining will get you. You told me earlier that the Lord is a Maywaker. Promise keeper, miracle worker. He's a light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. But do you really believe it? Because if, you, if those are just words coming from your heart, from your mouth, guess what? God is reading your, what's on your heart. 
and he's judging what's on your heart. Amen? I just want to thank Pastor Derry and Tammy for having me up here today. I just love these pastors. Uh, they are so awesome. I love this ministry. This ministry is going to free you, saints. God is moving in this ministry, and I just love them. I thank them for bringing me up here. So, Father God, in the name of Jesus, I bless your name. I glorify your name. I lift you up. I thank you for every word that's said. I thank you for every seed that's planted. And I thank you for the word that goes forth. Touch your children. Reach your children. Let this word be a word for them. Let them walk up saying, I received something today. I bless your name. Glorify your name. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So you, my message today, it comes in that order. Freedom, power, and prosperity. But I want to take some time, saints. When we pray to the, to the Lord, we're praying a request. We're praying for him to yield, to act on our behalf, to do something regarding our circumstances. But yet, what is your part in it? Is that all that we got for the Lord is to come before him? Let him know, hey, this is what I'm going through. I need food. I need water, shelter. This is what I'm going through. But yet, is, does it stop there, saints? Amen? It has to go further. How do you break new ground of being a new vessel? It says in the word that you're a new creation in Christ Jesus. But yet it has to go further into your heart for you to really believe it. Because you, through your heart, will be the light of the world. But if your heart is not transformed, then guess what's going to come out of your mouth? Is all those worries, problems. But it's your worship, your praise, and what you put in your heart is going to come out. Amen? Amen. Where, there, where there's new ground, expanding your territory in Jesus Christ, there's a new heart. There's a renewed mind and spirit. The order of a Christian walk is freedom, power, and prosperity. It's in that order, saints. Freedom, power, and prosperity. But the world is opposite. If you look at the world today, they're going to give you prosperity. Prosperity with money. They're going to give you um, something that's monetary. And then through that monetary gain, you might have some power. You might be a go out there and be an open run free and you have power. So you have prosperity. You've done, you have power. But I guarantee you, there is no freedom. I guarantee you, there is no freedom. Why is the rich killing themselves? You have people that got it made as though it look. They got all the property. They got big pools. They got this and that. They could just give money, 50000 go here and there. But they're hurting on the inside. They're not happy on the inside. So the world, it gives you the opposite of what God is trying to give you. God is trying to give you freedom, power, and prosperity. The world says, no, I give you prosperity and then maybe some power. And no, we're not responsible for your freedom. Are you guys understanding that? For when we look at freedom and freedom starts with accepting Christ as your Lord and Savior who set us free from the law of sin and death. Those who accept Christ 
Do not live accordingly to the flesh, the sinful flesh, but according to the spirit. Saints, renew your mind. You cannot live according to your, to your flesh. What is your flesh? Your emotions. What is your flesh? Everything that's going around you. What is your flesh? Whatever you put up in there. Your opinion. You got to renew your mind to receive from the Lord, to hear from the Lord, renew your line and bring your flesh under submission. Amen. Amen. So renew your mind, saints. Turn to Romans 12 and 2. And this is going to be a little bit different from your Bible. You might have the King James or the NIV, the New International Version. But I took for the Amplified. So Romans 12 and 2. Whew, saints, renew your mind. I got to renew my mind daily. Because there are some thoughts that, this, that Satan gives you that you're like, where did that come from? There, listen, saints, I remember when... I was in the wilderness and I was dealing with some stuff and I had some haters. Who have haters out there? Who've experienced the haters? Well, amen. And I had some haters and I was, I had went to sleep and and that had frustrated me. So this is when I was a baby in Christ. And guess what happened, saints? The devil allowed me to see. I had a, I had a dream that was much like a vision, but I had a dream and the devil had me seeing myself suspending these people in air, bringing them fright and terror and fear. I had power and authority, but through him. And he said, all you have to do is just bow down to me. And I resist. I refuse. And then I started praying on my knees, and he wouldn't weigh. There are thoughts that the devil will bring you, and you're like, where are those thoughts coming from? You know, one day I, I, um, I had a thought to just go old school, just start listening to some songs. So, so I started listening to some songs. And so I can't tell you the songs. I don't want you to judge me. This is not, this is a no judgment zone because we're free, right? <laughs> there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. So I'm not going to tell you the song. But I'm going to just say, when I went to that worldly song, and then I was like, oh, yeah, I remember this. Ooh, I remember the dance I was doing. Man, I was, woo, man. It was all on me. I re- it, it just brought up so many memories. But guess what? When I went to bed that night, I woke up. And in my mind, my spirit, I had that song on me. I was like, man, I want some praise and dance. I had that song on me verbatim. Why? Because your mind is entertaining it. The devil done tricked me a little bit because he got me to go backwards into the way I used to do. Being in the clubs and being free, listening to things that's clouding my mind. That's not what? Freeing me. And then that got into my spirit because I woke up the next day and I was doing this. I was like, I don't want to do that. Right? (laughs) I was looking weird. I was doing it. I was like, no, I don't want that. (laughs) My mind tried playing tricks on me. No, it's not. (laughs) If you know the song, I just gave you a clue. <laughs> My mind is playing tricks on me. Come on, saints. I'm not the only old one in here. <laughs> Who know that song? <laughs> Don't have me sing it and have my wife. Oh, no, that's a whole nother story. Because if I sing, then my wife would kick me out. <laughs> Why did you come? No, anyway. <laughs> my mind playing tricks on me. But it's what you entertain in your mind. It's what you allow yourself 
the enemy to put in your mind. That's why in the word it says, cast down every thought, submit it under God. Why? Because the devil's all over it. If you, if you give it just an inkling, a mustard seed of attention. We learned last week that the heart is like that little puppy. Hey, here we go. This sounds good over here. We learned last week that the heart is easily, easily deceived by sin. So you cannot focus on what comes up in here. And if there's something that comes up in here, then you have to go back to the word and you have to see, is this lined up with the word? Is it? If it's not, then you cast it down. You rebuke, you rebind, you bind, you rebuke, bind, and you cast it underneath the, the feet of Jesus. You curse it at the root. Because the Lord said, if you believe that that fig tree is cursed, it's cursed. If you believe and you told this mountain to go into the sea, and if you believe it, it will plow itself into the sea. So whatever, whatever you subject your mind to, curse it, and it will be dead. Amen? Amen? Romans 12 and 2. Do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after and adopted to its external superficial customs. See, that's the, that's the amplified version, given a little bit more. Do not be conformed to this world, this age. That's fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs. But be transformed, meaning changed, by the entire renewal of your mind. By its new ideals and new attitudes. Listen, saints. The new ideals and new attitudes is this book right here. I'm not talking about some technology out there. I'm not talking about artificial intelligence. We learned last week that God is internal. Amen. He's internal affairs. It's not nothing artificial about the Lord. He's internal. Amen. The Lord could go artificial all it. The world could go artificial all at once. All at once to. There, there was a, something I read in a magazine on Facebook and it seemed as though Google have made an artificial intelligence machine and they started the paperwork for the machines to have a church and it's called AI church, the AI church of technology. And so through this church, they're going to teach you customs and and give you information of how to get deeper into being successful or whatever it is, but it's an artificial intelligence. Listen, saints, I don't need no artificial. I need eternal affairs. I don't need no artificials. I need the Lord that knows me. I don't need no artificial. I need the Lord by my side because no artificial will ever take his place. Amen? Oh, man, I don't know. Look like some people have went to that Start to think about that church already. I don't know. I've seen some faces scrunched up like, what do you mean? <laughs> so that you may prove for yourself what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight for you. Amen. Only reason why we meditated on this good book, this good book, saints. This book represents something. This is the basic instructions. Like my wife always says, 
It's the basic instructions before leaving the earth. Listen, before you build a building, you need some blueprints, right? You need to lay it out because if you go on your own without no blueprints and you have the professionals that develop that blueprint, then that building is going to fall if that's not your specialty. No matter whether or not it is your specialty or isn't, you need a blueprint. Well, saints, for us to be successful in this world, we need a blueprint. It's this book. And in order for the scriptures and the words, the living water to be poured out to, to, into you, poured into your mouth, I mean, into your heart, then come out via your mouth. You got to believe in this book, saints. Amen. 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 Go to Romans 8, 5 through 8, the Amplified Version. Romans 8. So you meditate on the word day and night to get into your heart. Saints, this is all still freedom. Um, the Lord had put so much meat on this freedom because he wants you to understand that, you know, your freedom is the condition of your heart because that's what he searches. And he also look at the mind. Amen. So he wants you to experience total freedom. Romans 8, start at verse 5 through 8. For those who are living according to the flesh, set their mind on things of the flesh, which gratify the body. So those who are living according to the flesh, set their minds on things of the flesh that gratify the body. What are things of the flesh? What are you injecting into your arm? What are you drinking at night? What are you smoking that California had, went ahead and approved? What are you putting into your body? Amen. Why'd you go there, Pastor Banks? Because it's real. It's real. Amen. What type of drugs and alcohol, what are you putting into your, I can't go there. We're going to go there later because I'm going to tell you who you are, the reason why you shouldn't be putting those things into you. But those who are living according to the Spirit set their mind. Uh Uh-oh, there there goes the mind. Set their minds on the things of the Spirit, his will and purpose. Verse 6, now the mind of the flesh is death. You hear that, saints? Let me say that again. The mind of the Spirit of the, now the mind of the flesh is death. So what are you thinking about? Let me ask the hallmark question. What's on your mind? Amen. What are you thinking about? Because there are certain thoughts that the enemy is trying to have you to meditate on that will bring you to death. I don't mean a physical death, but a spiritual death. Both now and forever. Because it pursues sin. So if you the mind of the flesh is of death because it focuses on sin. But the mind of the spirit is life and peace, the spiritual well-being that comes from walking with God. But now, both now and forever, verse 7, the mind of the flesh with its sinful sinful pursuits is actively hostile. Saints, what is hostile? What's hostility? You frustrated You're you're speaking things. Oh, God, why are you doing this? There's wars and earthquakes. There's killings and there's murder. Your mind is hostile towards God. If you're 
Speaking to the Lord, if you're talking to the Lord as if he's on trial, the mind is hostile. If you're blaming the Lord of the things of the world that is happening, your mind is hostile. If you're telling the Lord, well, you haven't done nothing for me today. Why? Because your mind is hostile. You guys understand that? Of or relating to an enemy, having or showing unfriendly feelings, unpleasant or harsh to God. Having or showing unfriendly feelings. Unpleasant or harsh to God. But I thought you guys understood that the Lord said that he's a friend to you. But you're treating your friend harshly. You're bringing hostility to your friend. But yet God's a friend to you. And you could go to him for anything. But yet you're telling God, why haven't he done everything? Why haven't he done this and that? What's going on with this, that, and the other? Amen? It does not submit itself to God's law. We're still talking about the mind. Since it cannot, and those who are in the flesh living a life that caters to a sinful appetite, impulses, cannot please God. Living a life with sinful, a sinful appetite, a sinful impulses. Hey, I'm about to go to the club. Well, I represent God. I just want to feel the music and jam. Well, you know what? You can have some freedom and you could go ahead and enjoy yourself, but yet you still have to be set apart from the world. Uh, You still have to be God's peculiar people. You cannot, on one hand, go and party and shake a leg, right? And like Humpty Hump said, do what you like. And then on the other, and on the other end, you're trying to give an upliftment word. That's called being a hypocrite, saints. We all, let, let me tell you, I don't want to sit up here and make it seem like I'm perfect. But the minute that I take a knee to a sin, I get up, I dust myself off. I tell the Lord, I repent of my sins, Father, and I continue to walk with the Father. Amen. I continue to do as David has done. Remember, David, after he was made king, he killed the husband of Bathsheba because he was looking. He was in the tower and looking over and he seen this beautiful woman and he sent her husband off to go get killed in the war just to be with her. And when he came back to his senses, he said, Lord, forgive me. Wash me as pure as snow. I repent of all my sins. Listen, if David could do it, you could do it. If, you, if David can repent and continue to walk with the Lord, so can you. Amen? Don't let the devil and his smooth taste fool you. <laughs> Amen? Hey, I'm not, I'm, I'm not repeating the commercial, so I'm <laughs> I see Brother Carl saying, is that Budweiser commercial? Don't let the Pastor Edgar, for real? You, you said a Budweiser? No. Actually, it's King Cobra, but don't. <laughs> I, just, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> it just hit me. The Lord, the Holy Spirit said, it's King Cobra. <laughs> don't let the full taste fool you. The smooth taste. <laughs> oh man 
Renew, renew your mind to cast down every thought that is not aligned with the perfect will of God by meditating on the word which deposits some core essentials into your heart. This meditation right here, boom, gets there. This meditation right here, you know why I say that, saints? You mind if I share with you guys? I, um, <laughs> my wife said, please share, share, share. Um, being in law enforcement, is, it comes a time to where you're dealing with inmates. And so the culture could be through frustration of their inability to submit to authority. Then you have to raise your authority. And sometimes the culture can be kind of harsh into harsh words to get them to submit and do what they want them to do without any further issues. I'm telling on myself, for me, my issue was when I had somebody pushing my buttons, and I was like, oh, brother, please, let's go ahead. And they kept on pushing my buttons, and then I turned it on, and the Frank and Frank word came out. You know what I mean by Frank? (laughs) I need you to Frank to sit down and Frank about your behavior and (laughs) and Frank, right? (laughs) I know some of y'all said some, something even more worse than that. Come on now. Don't judge me. I said that this is a non-judgment zone. Didn't I say that? Because <laughs> I'm the redeemed of the Lord. I am not condemned. I would not let the devil condemn me off of my faults. Amen? I would still walk with the Lord and say I repent of my sins. So this is what happened. What had happened was. So I. I started to meditate on this word, and it got in my spirit. Just recently, I had a co-worker come up to me. It was a bad day. The court was really rough. We had piles and piles of cases got dumped on us out of the blue. We was up after, the, after hours trying to finish up the cases. And so my co-worker came up. And he says, hey, you're going to make us, um, we're going past the time that we're supposed to be off. He confronted me in the, in the worst time ever. <laughs> Guess what came out of my heart? No, oh, come on now. It wasn't Frank and Frank. Come on. <laughs> I know y'all thinking that. He said Frank and Frank and Frank. No. What came out of my heart because I've been meditating on the word and it got into my heart. And immediately what came out was, I want to be a team player, Tara. Don't you want to be a team player? I respect you. You should be respecting me. Now, I could get done with my business to help you with your business. Then let's work as a team. Because if you can't, leave me alone. And additionally, stop fussing on me. Stop fussing with me. Amen? Well, come on, saints, you can, you can say, well, 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 and I walked away. But I, I did something positive instead of surrendering my mind to what? To words of the enemy, Frank and Frank and Frank and Frank, right? Some of y'all go to Sam and Mary, but we won't go there. <laughs> we won't go to Sam and Mary, Adam, and the rest of the words. But I subjected my heart to scripture. And from the mouth, the heart speaks. And what was in my heart 
was working as a team. I, I didn't get into what the devil wanted me to get to. Amen? Amen. Amen. You guys understanding that? Yes. It's almost like when you, anybody in here, I'm talking to you too, those who's looking live stream online. Anybody barbecue? Does it, come on now, if you, well, do you barbecue? Anybody barbecue some breasts, some ribs, some links? And before you barbecue some ribs and some links, well, mate, ribs and some breasts, we'll say that. What do you have to do? What's your first thought to do? Nah, it's not seasoning. You got, who said that? My wife? You have to clean it. You got to wash that meat because that meat is packaged and you don't want anything of the old that's maybe been growing on that meat to, to continue to be there. So you have to what? Wash it. Then after you wash it, then you guys were correct. You have to what? Season it. So you got to sprinkle some seasoning on it because if you're just washing it and you're not putting no seasoning on it, the final product, have you ever tasted a bland barbecue? You ever sunk your teeth and took it back out with the teeth marks and said, that's okay. That's a little bit beyond my, my understanding. I eat barbecue. I don't know what that was. Amen? Or have you bit into something and you spit it out <laughs> and you tucked it away? Gave it to the dog, maybe. No offense. <laughs> my wife's going to get me. Why you get on the dog's? But if you look at the barbecue, saints, the barbecue that you prepare is much like your heart. You have to surrender your heart to the Lord. Didn't you just say today in worship that, that I, I'm at your feet, Lord? Didn't you say a worship of who he was? But yet, is your heart washed? Did you allow the Lord to wash your heart through the scriptures that you're focusing on? So first act of business, first order of business is to wash your heart. Because I don't care what new skin that you might put on. If that heart is still rotten, (laughs) it's only a matter of time before that comes out. I don't care how new the suit is. If that heart is rotten, then what's in the heart is going to come out of the mouth. And what comes out of the mouth is going to be rotten too. It's going to be hurtful. It's going to be deceitful. It's going to be complaining, nagging. It's going to be negative. It's not going to be an upliftment of your brother and sister, but a put down. You have to wash your heart. And after you wash, you surrender your heart to the Lord. That's what I'm telling you, saints. McDowell, what's his name? The, the Arthur um, that says, I surrender. William McDowell. If you listen to that song, that heartfelt song, I surrender it all to you, Lord. I surrender my whole heart to you. That's how you allow the Lord to wash your heart. In addition to having some scripture with it, you need to wash your heart. And then when you have some scriptures, you're actually putting some seasoning on your heart. You're putting something in your heart. So when the Lord looks at your heart, it won't be like that unappetizing food that somebody spits out. But he'll look at your heart and he'll see your worship. He'll look at your heart and he'll see your love. He'll look at your heart and he'll see 
what it is that he wants you to be. Amen? Amen. And he'll come to your aid. Go to John 15 and 15. So when God looks at your heart, saints, he knows your name. Didn't he tell Moses, I know your name? And because I know your name, then you can ask me anything you want. And Moses didn't ask for a car, a Lamborghini back in those days. Maybe it's a triple camel. Um, <laughs> camel with four humps. And no, he, didn't, he, he didn't ask the Lord for an Aladdin rug or a palace. He said, God, let me see you. Oh, come on now. When my son Judah sits by me, I'm like, okay, what's up? I just want to be by you. I go into the kitchen. I feel somebody hugging and, and, and kissing on me, pulling on me. I'm like, what's up? I just want to smell you, daddy, and be by you and hug you. I just want to. He'll come up to me and kiss me on my head and says, I love you. That, that gets me to a place where I'm like, okay, what do you want? You can have anything. <laughs> but you can't have this yet. And you can't have that yet. But you can't have anything. And for my son, it just says, I just love you. It's such an endearment. You know how we call the Lord? We're able to call the Lord Father. Wherever call him, we're able to call him Abba. You guys know any other names? We're able to call him Daddy. Any other names? Hmm? We're able to call him Father. We're able to call him Holy of Holy, Lord of Lords, Prince of Prince, King of Kings. We're able to call the Lord that. Why? Because of Jesus Christ, our joint heir with Jesus Christ. We have the same relationship with the Father. But my question to you, saints, is what does the Father call you? Do you know who you are in Jesus Christ? Do you know what the Lord says about you? When the devil come knocking on your door saying what you ain't and who you are not, do you allow that to bother you or do you stand your ground and you say, I am the redeemed of the Lord. I am God righteousness. Who are you in Christ Jesus? Amen. Amen. That's how you fight the good fight. Right, Pastor Tammy? Stand there and fight. So John 15 and 15 says, I no longer call you servants. Because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. Wow, that's a, that's a beautiful friend, saints. You have a friend that everything that he learns, everything that he has. I don't know about you, but um, outside of my wife, uh, I could maybe... Count on one hand, if that, of a friend that says, I'm a friend indeed. But you have a father that says, you're a friend to me. And he goes for, further in Romans 8 and 13. This is the NIV. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Amen. Oh, do you feel that royalty, saints? You're not only a friend, but you're a what? A child of God. You're not only a what? A friend, but you're a what? 
a child of God. So I'm a friend and I'm a child of God. That's why you can't be up in a club acting the way the world is saying to act, drinking whatever they're saying to drink, putting in your body whatever they want you to put in your body, smoking whatever you want to smoke, because then you're not a peculiar person. Why? You're not a a peculiar people. Why? Why? I heard somebody mumbling. What did you guys say? Because you're blending in. We're supposed to be peculiar, set aside, set apart. But in certain, certain, certain circumstances, you're blending in. First Peter will tell you why you can't do all that. Go to First Peter 2 and 9. This is slightly different from the NIV. It's the New American Standard Bible. First Peter 2.09 says, but you are chosen race. So not only are you a friend, not only are you a, ch- a child of God, but you're a chosen race, a royal priesthood. Woo! Amen. A royal priesthood. Oh, man. You mean there is holiness in this body? Yes. Because the father says, I dwell with you. He says that I'm in you, around you. I'm everywhere you are. You are a royal priesthood. That's why you are the temple of God. This is a dwelling place, but the true temple is you. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you will proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Amen? That's a, that's, a, that's a mouthful. I almost felt like I had my, so much food in my mouth. Man, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm taking it in. I can't swallow quick enough. Because you are more than what the world sees you as. You're even more than what you think of yourself as. I had a, um, this person came into jail and um, after he had his court date, uh, we walked him back, and there's a vestibule, and so there's the jail cells, the vestibule, and then you have the door enter, entrance into the courtroom. Well, right then, we started talking, and the Holy Spirit, whoo, gave me a word for him. I told you, you're not this. You're more than this. That God is, he wants you to be with him. That, that there's a life better than what you pursue. He started shaking, and he started crying, saints. And, the, and he started to say, but I've done all of this. I've done A and B and C. I've done all this evil stuff. I give it to drugs. But I said, but your heart is willing. Your heart is ready. You just have to embrace what God has for you. I seen that young man sometime later, and he was beaming like a fresh light. He brought his dad into court, introduced me and says, hey, this is the one that told me about Christ. That's why I'm on this new path. I've given up drugs. I'm, oh, man, I'm so excited about the Lord. And that just excited me. So, saints, after you've done all, all of this, Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 7 says, Trust in the Lord with all thy heart. You guys know this. And lean not on your own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Be not wise on your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Yes. Only have a couple more scriptures, saints. All of those scriptures is under what? 
freedom. It's under freedom. Freedom of choosing the Lord, the freedom of knowing who you are, the freedom of, of saying who the Lord says that you are. And putting all that into your heart gives you freedom. Amen? Amen. Now, when we talk about power, which is authority, you know what? Why, what made David so powerful? This little short little boy coming up against this giant Goliath, and he looks at all of Israel, and he says, why are you afraid of this uncircumcised Philistine? What was this boy filled of? What's, what did he put in his heart that he could challenge a Goliath? He put the word of God. You're right, my wife. He put the word of God. And because he knew the word of God, David was bold. He wasn't prideful, but he was bold. And he would boast about who God is. Not of, of his own accord, but who God is. Amen. In Luke 10 and 19 says, behold, and it's going to be the new King James Version. Behold, I give you authority to trample on scorpions, on serpents, and all over the power of the enemy. And nothing shall be, shall by any means hurt you. I give you the power to trample on serpents and scorpions and all, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Then why are you going around with a broken heart? Why are you looking like a broken record? Why are you going around speaking to the Lord of your woes and, and your, your misery? He said, I've given you a power and authority to speak to that, to turn around that thing, to be as David, fearless in the Lord. How many of you guys are in your own wilderness? And I'm talking to you too. How many of you guys have been in certain circumstances around same people doing the same thing? You want something different, but yet you've been in this kind of this, what is it, pastor? This, this circle that keeps on getting you to the same place in the wilderness. Why? Because you haven't surrendered your heart. God would bring you out of it, right? In John 14 and 12, it says, and this is the NIV. Go to verse 12, John 14 and 12. Now I'm almost to the end, saints. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. And they will do even greater works than this. Because I am going to the Father, in verse 13, and I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it, says the Lord. Amen? Amen. So what are the things that you're not asking him? Depends on what you're pouring into your heart. Are you coming to the throne of God, telling them who he is, telling him who you are? Endorsing what he says about you. So that you'll see his miracle signs and wonders follow you. In Jeremiah 29, it says. In verse 11, Jeremiah 29, verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans 
to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Then you will be called, then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. Listen, saints, the Lord said he's going to listen to you. But you can't be in his presence without pouring out your whole heart. He already knows about your circumstances. He knows what you're going through. He knows your name. He knew your name before you were even born. But there's a certain something that he's expecting to hear from you. Do you know who you are? Are you telling him, Lord, I surrender it all. Expand my territory in you. In verse 13, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with what? Oh, man, say that again. When you seek me with what? Your whole heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. The last scripture is Ezekiel 36 and 26. I'm reading out of that NIV. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. The Lord will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone. And I will give you a heart of flesh. Verse 27. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Then you will live in the lands I gave your ancestors. You will be my people and I will be your God. I will save you from all your uncleanliness. Amen. I will save you. That's what he was saying to the Israelites. And that is still true today is what he's saying to you. But I kind of like this translation. This is the New Living Translation. It's the same verse, but check this out. And I will give you a new heart. And I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. So, because I could hear people thinking, well, Pastor, you said we can't bleed the flesh. <laughs> Didn't you just speak on the flesh? Why are you saying that God's going to give us a fleshly heart? He's trying to soften your heart, saints, on to the things of God. There's some of you that have a wall built up. That heart is full of stone. He want to take, remove that heart and give you a heart, a soft heart to receive him. Yes. Amen. Listen, you guys, at the conclusion of my sermon, it's about the heart. Because on Judgment Day, I can act a part all I want in this life. But the Lord says that I'm going to look at you, I'm going to look at your heart. I'm going to look at your heart and I'm going to examine your mind. Your life shall flash before me. But the Lord says, but yet will he also see when he's examining your woes and your agonies and your, and your stress? Will he also see your surrendering? Will he also see your worship? 
will he also see you speaking the word of God? We also see your power and authority activated on the things that's coming against you. Will he see that above the rest of what you're going through? That's what I want God to see for me, saints. Amen. There's one declaration I want you guys to say with me. And um, I don't have it up on, the, up on the screen, but I'm going to go ahead and say it out. And you guys repeat after me. Father, in the name of Jesus, create in me a pure heart. Oh, God. And renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me, O Lord, the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just bless your name. I glorify your name. I lift you up, Father. I thank you for the word that went out today that the people, your people that came to church and that's online listening to this message received something that they needed, Father God. Hallelujah. I thank you for allowing this word to be a double-edged sword. I thank you for transformations done in this place right here as well as online that the person listening to this message is forever changed. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to Pastor Edgar Banks with a message titled Freedom, Power, and Prosperity from his series titled Condition of the Heart. For more information about Abundant Life Worship Center, please feel free to check out our website at alwc.us. On our site, you'll find more information about us, our church and events calendar, and other messages that may be of interest to you. Once again, the site is alwc.us. You can also find us on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash AbundantLifeWorship.net. God bless, and we look forward to seeing you on our next podcast. And until then, remember that Jesus came to give you life, and that more abundantly.